today we're looking at a very recent case of medical misogyny. Now, I went back and forth on whether to call this one a misdiagnosis or a misogyny, but ultimately I do think that the age and the gender of the two primary people in our story today influenced the direction that the story went. There were some instances that border on gaslighting, and I feel like if this had been, I don't know, a middle-aged man, I just feel like it would have played out differently. And for that reason, I landed on misogyny. Welcome to the Miss Medical Podcast, Diagnosis Flatline. I'm your host, Destry Godwin. Miss Medical explores stories of misdiagnosis, malpractice, mysteries, and misogyny. You're my interns, and this is where true crime and medicine collide. This is Miss Medical. Today's story is taking us a long ways away. We're going all the way over to New Zealand to meet Dylana Cook McCartney. Dylana was a 15-year-old girl who had grown up with some medical challenges, so she was no stranger to doctors and hospitals. Since she was small, she had had recurring issues with her kidneys and a history of seizures. So in late August of 2022, I told you guys this one was recent, when she started to feel unwell with abdominal pain and nausea, her mind immediately went on high alert, warning her that this was a familiar sign of her old friend kidney problems. Dylana tried not to panic herself, though. I mean, people come down with nausea and vomiting all the time without it being anything to do with their kidneys. So she tried to rest and give herself a few days to just, you know, buck up and feel better. But her symptoms only got worse. As somebody who is quite stubborn myself, and anyone who is listening to this one who knows me, I know you're already rolling your eyes at me. I am so stubborn. I feel like I can actually really relate to this. Um, That kind of, no, I just need to wait it out kind of attitude because that is totally, totally me. Thankfully, Delana had her older sister, Shayla Chapman, looking out for her. See, Shayla isn't just her big sis. She's also her legal guardian. I did try my 
absolute hardest, best sleuthing skills on this one to dig in to understand the backstory here, but I couldn't find anything about how Shayla ended up being her guardian. And believe me, I did such a deep dive on this. Anyway, I don't have the story for you there, but Dilana didn't start feeling better and quickly reached a point where she couldn't even function. Shayla jumped into mama bear action and rushed her sister to the North Shore Hospital emergency room. All their fears of a kidney problem were pushed aside when the ER doctor did a urinalysis, which was negative for infection. If she truly did have that severe of a kidney infection, you definitely expect it to show up on the urine sample. They breathed a sigh of relief, maybe even feeling a little silly for making such a big fuss. And Delana was discharged with a diagnosis of possible glandular fever. Now, if you're not familiar with that term glandular fever, you're not alone. I wasn't either. And I think this might actually be a regional thing because in North America, we would normally call this mono, which is also nicknamed the kissing disease. I thought this nickname was hilarious when I was younger and when I was maybe a young teen or just preteen, my older sister caught mono and I teased her relentlessly about keeping her mouth to herself. Mono is a viral infection which is fairly common in teens and young adults. There really isn't much course of treatment apart from just rest and fluids until you feel better. So, Shayla and Dilana headed home. Within 24 hours, though, Dilana took a turn for the worst. It's reported that her temperature dropped to 35 degrees Celsius, which would be considered mild hypothermia and her symptoms of stomach pain and nausea had gotten worse as well. Feeling like this just wasn't the typical progression for Mono, Shayla called the local helpline to speak with a nurse. After explaining the symptoms, the nurse urged them to go straight back to the emergency room for fear of either a kidney infection or sepsis. And if you've been listening for a few episodes now, I think we all know how terrifying sepsis can be and how quickly that can make a turn for the worst. So the sisters headed back to the ER. At the hospital, there didn't seem to be the urgency that I think you might expect considering that One of the worries the healthline nurse had expressed was sepsis. The hospital took another urine sample from Delana, but after four hours of sitting around, they came back and told her that the sample had been contaminated and they'd need to start the test over. 
I'm sorry, what? It took you four hours to decide that the sample was contaminated? Considering how critical timely treatment is for a sepsis diagnosis, if that is what it was, and considering she had enough symptoms that people should have been really freaking worried about it, it's really concerning to me that things were not happening quicker. When both of the sisters voiced their worry about it being a serious kidney infection, the doctor even went so far as to reportedly tell Delana, every time you have pain over your kidneys doesn't mean there's something wrong. I'm sorry, what? The whole point of this podcast is literally telling you guys, you know your body best and you have to advocate. Because for this doctor to try and tell her that she is just overreacting and she doesn't know what she's feeling within her own body is just, it is the core of why this is a medical misogyny episode. Delana just knew that something was wrong. Shayla had the same concerns, so she decided to take matters into her own hands. And girl, I got to applaud you for this because the guts that it takes as a young person herself, as Delana's big sister, To have the guts to stand up to the medical professionals and not accept their answer and seek the answer for yourself, I am just, I am so proud of you. She phoned up a particular specialist who had cared for Delana when she was younger and ran the entire scenario by him. And he had some concerns so he agreed to help. He reviewed Delana's test results from the previous day, since those were the most recent ones available given the whole contaminated sample fiasco they'd had, and he was shocked at the results. The urine samples and test cultures were not negative. And he wagered that the newest sample wasn't actually contaminated. They had positive growth indicating infection. It's possible that the hospital staff had believed the first sample to be negative and then maybe, I don't know, had assumed that the second sample must be contaminated because of I guess the concentration of infection present, which would be exceptionally abnormal to go from a negative result with zero infection present to an overwhelming infection on the next sample. I guess that could have misled them to believe that the second sample was only showing that infection because it had actually been contaminated. The part that I can't wrap my head around though is knowing that urine cultures typically take 24 hours to grow 
before you can determine if they are positive or negative. I don't understand why the hospital had told Delana that her sample was negative after only a few hours the day before. And I see this a lot at the hospital where I work, where we've done a urinalysis where we're specifically looking for bacteria growth. And the lab will fax those results to us usually the day after when the patient's no longer in the merge and they're either up on a unit or they've been sent home. And we get those results come through to our emergency because that's when the results are ready. And then we have a dedicated physician who reviews those results. And if there's anything of concern on them, contacts the patient directly to discuss it. After reviewing the findings and communicating to the ER team, Delana was immediately started on treatment for her swollen kidneys and subsequent infection. The infection was severe enough that she had to spend several days in the hospital to be monitored while they worked to get the infection under control. Thankfully, Delana made a full recovery, in no small part thanks to the quick thinking and attentiveness of her sister. A spokesperson for that district, I would try and say it, but guys, I am going to butcher it. It's like Weta Meta, Weta Meta district. Anyway, the spokesperson released a fairly mediocre statement about the whole ordeal. I, I feel like this is just a common theme now. They said, quote, we have since spoken to the specialist who is confident that the same advice and outcome would have occurred even if he had not been involved, end quote. Like, that's it. Now, I'm not much into conspiracy theories, but am I alone here in thinking that this strikes me slightly as something a specialist would say after being strong-armed in some way? I don't know. That's just speculation on my part, though. The spokesperson also said that the initial test on Thursday did not indicate infection. But by Friday, it was growing bacteria consistent with infection. Um, what? That's, I'm, that's generally how urine cultures work? Like, you, you, don't, you don't know as soon as someone pees in a cup if there's bacteria. I, I don't understand why that was even a statement. That's just, I don't know, medicine 101? It's like saying that, I don't know, it was dark at night and so we believed that it might stay dark forever. But then once daytime came, the sun came back. Like, shocking, I know. Who would have thought? Lastly, the spokesperson also said, because this person has just left so many gems here for me, that an ultrasound of Delana's kidneys showed they were normal, so no swelling or clear signs of infection. I wouldn't normally have a rebuttal to this, but 
Thankfully for our sake, Shayla did. She did agree that the ultrasound showed normal kidneys, but she also pointed out that the test wasn't even done until Delana had already been in the hospital receiving treatment for three days. And she also disagrees that the hospital would have eventually caught the infection. In her heart, she's confident that if they hadn't escalated the situation to the specialist, they would have been sent home. And Ilana may have never had a third chance for the right diagnosis. For sources and additional show notes, follow the link in the episode summary to our website. If you'd like to see pictures related to the episodes and the Miss Medical Podcast, you can find us on Instagram as Miss Medical Podcast. If you love Miss Medical and want to support the show, find us on Patreon where you can officially join the intern team. All episodes are written by myself and aim to be as factually accurate as possible. Music is an original composition recorded and produced by Jason Chamberlain. And of course, make sure you follow the podcast on your chosen platform so you never miss an episode. <laughs>